championship. Can you feel Candlestick? Welcome to Cobra 49. I am your host, Tesh, and Bryant Young belongs in the Hall of Fame. Chrissy Chris is in what's the house. What's up, man? And uh, the bag man, Jamal. What's going on, bro? Hearing a choice today is Tecate. Tecate. Unofficial sponsor. Unofficial sponsor. All right, look, guys, true story, okay? God be my witness. It was in church, and uh, Kayla was there, too. So we, we had a um, 4th of July was a 4th of July celebration. 4th of July fell on a Sunday and uh, I was hustling and bustling, working at church, picking up chairs and whatnot. And then this one dude stops me and he goes, Hey, are you Tesh? I said, yeah, yeah. yeah, what's up, man? He was like, Hey man, uh, I played at Pittsburgh high, yada, 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 graduated in like 2014. And then he said, I also listen to cover 49. I said, what? He said, I listen to Cover 49, man. I listen to you guys every single week. I said, shut up. He said, I'm being <laughs> serious. He's like, I follow you on Instagram. I follow you on Twitter. I listen to Cover 49 every single week. Hey, right on, man. That's our number one fan. There you go. I mean, if you want an autograph, man, I'll hook you up. Yeah. yeah. And, so, and so um, I was talking to him for a little bit. And then uh, my, my girl Kayla came. And then, and then I introduced her to Kayla. And then I was like, hey, man. Or I, t- I told Kayla, like, hey. He listens to Cover 49, and then she was like, don't get all big-headed. Nah, hell nah. nah. Be, be, be a globe. Be a globe. Be a planet. Something. Yep. Right so, take our 15 minutes of, uh, of fame right there. Shout out to Tariq Wright. Uh, that's the one that uh, stopped me and said, uh, you're the host of Cover 49. Tariq Wright follows us on Twitter. So shout out to Tariq, man. Appreciate you. Hope you're listening to this, love, to this week. Appreciate and the then, love, my brother. And then my buddy... My buddy Giovanni Jacobson said he listens to us every single week uh, um, on his way to work. So shout out, Giovanni. We're going to have you on the podcast uh, right before the season. And, uh, yep. Uh, In fact, we're Facebook buddies. So that's yeah. what's up. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So people are listening fans. to the show. We got fans. We got fans. People are listening to the show. We got supporters. I want to say fans. We got people that just put up with us and. Got nothing there's else not to much. listen to, so yeah, yeah, there's not much to listen to on the offseason. True, but, uh, but Chrissy Chris just had a birthday, man. How was it, dude? What did you do? Um, everything didn't he do? <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's the question. There you go. But uh, this is a family show, so we uh, we're just gonna say it was a good, good uh, couple of days, even though I was only born one day, but it was a couple of good days, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of love, a lot of support. Um, Everybody, everybody tapped in and showed me some love in their own way. So I'm like, cool. Is I'm it glad to see is it, day. Is it the same thing with your guys' family? Like the, the women in the family, they get to have a birthday month, and then the men just have like a day. Yeah. Yeah, I can <laughs> say that. I can say that. Yeah. Or you can just be like, it's my birthday. So uh, my wife says, it's her birthday. I'm like, yeah. it's, uh, it's my birthday, right? She's like, no, it's my birthday. Yeah, your birthday's my birthday. Yeah, so, but yeah, her birthday is all month, too. Yeah, so I can see that. All right, Jamal, what you do? got a little package in the mail today. What did you get, man? Or yesterday, it came in yesterday, right? Uh, Yeah, it came in yesterday. I just too busy to open it, so I popped open a minute ago. It's my uh, 
94 Ricky Waters jersey with the print-on patch, which kind of sucks, but what are you going to do? Well, it looks good, though. It looks good. I mean, it looks good, but they advertised it as a patch being stitched on. That's how they advertised it. Selling lies. So is I mean, it – What are you going to do, man? I mean, you drop it, one, do you expect to get a certain product? But, uh, you know, Jed Dork just likes to – I just screw us over. It's just it's is, it, is it the same material as a jersey, or is it a different material? Yeah, this feels like it's a t-shirt, man. Honestly, um, one of the, like workout t-shirts. That's what it feels like. The jersey itself. Yeah. Well, I'm highly disappointed. I'll get in yeah. mind. Actually. Yeah, uh, we can. Uh, won't be shopping with them again. <laughs> I probably that's will though. That's the, that's the sad part. I'm probably gonna buy. Oh anything. man. <laughs> Once that Trey Lance one comes out, you know, I um uh, my mine I looked it up before the show. Mine's in Sacramento with FedEx, and so I should be receiving mine tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, and I already am a little bit disappointed in the jersey, especially if it feels yeah. like a T-shirt. Mine's still at the store, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's gonna come, but mine's still in the store. But I don't uh, know, man. You, you had a birthday. Maybe me and Jamal can get you one. Oh, no, nah, no, nah, y'all good, man. Who yeah. has these? <laughs> yeah, we'll get you a uh we'll get you a Alex Smith. Oh Jimmy G, bro. Jimmy G. Oh uh, hell no. Nah. You're welcome, bro. <laughs> oh, that's too much love, man. That's too, we'll, I, get you, we'll get you a a custom one. Just get a blank uh name on the back and just tear it off. Double zeros. Double zeros. <laughs> yep. All right. So let's get into it, man. We've got a couple of news. For the 49ers this week and one in the beginning of the week, which was a little surprise to me that they would um, give up on the tenure so fast. And the New England Patriots has placed Nikhil Harry on the trade market. And 49ers Twitter kind of blew up that day that Nikhil Harry, uh, well, his agent announced that he was on the trade market and they're looking for a trade. They're going to do it for the Patriots to find a good enough trade for both parties. Um uh, the New England Patriots and and the and Nikhil Harry's party feel like a change in environment will suit both parties. So, uh, Chrissy, Chris, what do you think about Nikhil Harry? What are you willing to give up for Nikhil Harry in a trade? Dude, I, I'm the Niners. I'm waiting because I don't think he's going to have a good market. I mean, was it like what three years in the league now? Three, four years? Three years? I no think league. this is the third year coming in right now. Yeah, it's like, well, shoot, at that position, you kind of, well, the rookies and everybody, uh, the last couple of years, these draft classes, they've been coming in and popping. It's like, you either got it or you don't. So maybe a change of scenery might be good for him, you know, because, I mean, New England, you know, it is a tough offense. It's like, you either, you ball out or you you're, you're, or you suck, you know. So, um, I mean, I don't think we have any room for him on our, on our, our team. So if anything, I throw like you know maybe a mm, fourth or fifth round, maybe just to throw it out there if they you know bite. But if you know as a free agent, you know he gets released, I maybe give him a shot. You know, there's still some potential. You know, he's still a young guy. Maybe like I said, uh, maybe a change of scenery might do uh, him some justice. Right, right. He's almost on that bus label, almost. Almost, almost. We got the BU. We got the BUS, and he's almost close to that T. <laughs> Jamal, what do you think about Nikhil Harry? What does he bring to the table? What are you willing to give up? Uh, there was a report that came out, like, right after the, the uh, trade request. I think they're looking at, like, a sixth-round pick would be able to get him in, maybe in a seventh, who knows. 
But uh, I, I, mean, I, I love Nikhil Harry coming out of Arizona State. I thought he'd fit the offense perfectly. Like a willing blocker, stretch the field a little bit. I think he ran like a four or five something at the uh, the combine back in 2019. Um, I mean, he's like he's an alpha dog, man. I like he like he played inside and outside of Arizona State. He played with Brian Ayuk. I mean, I'm I I love it if we bring him in because I know there's definitely room for to bring him on board. Definitely. Um, our our third wide receiver right now is probably um, Muhammad Sanu. I would say. I mean, him or Richie James. Or him or Richie James. I mean, so it's, it's not a deep, it's not a deep nah. wide receiver room at all. So, uh-uh. um, I think, dude, if if it's a sixth round or a seventh round, why not? You know, what I mean, why not? Uh, the odds of you drafting somebody better than to kill Harry in the sixth and seventh isn't that great. You know, what I mean, uh, True. even if let's say he comes in and he gives the same production as Ken, as Kendrick Bourne, would you guys be happy with that? Yeah, for a sixth round pick, that'd be that'd be amazing. Yeah, I would say yeah. To me, I, I was on the bandwagon of keeping uh KB, but I mean he, he kind of was out of our price range. Right. Uh, I think he was developing into a nice uh, possession receiver. Yeah, and so and that's what Nikhil Harry is. I don't see him having the separation skills. I think he is a possession type of receiver, almost a big body type of receiver. So, um, and New England is kind of a drag, as we've seen before. It's, it's not for everybody. Yeah, uh, they I mean, good at I what they do. We don't know how Bill Belichick was with him in the locker room. Maybe he's a little sensitive. Who knows? But right. he'd be a scheme fit, and I think Kyle would easily get him open. Yeah. No, I agree. I agree. And if it's the sixth or seventh, we got to pull that move. Um, Please. We, the 49ers family definitely lost a member of its uh, 49ers alumni, if you will, in the tight end of Greg Clark. Um, we talking about it a little bit earlier in the show. I remember Greg Clark as, like, when I was going into, like, I was in elementary school, going into middle school. I remember that he played for the 49ers. Didn't do anything too uh, flashy. He was not a Eric Johnson, if you will. You guys remember Eric Johnson? Yes, sir. Yeah, so he wasn't, like, an Eric Johnson, if you will. Definitely not a Kittles or Vernon Davis, but he was a guy that was on the roster three years, I think, for us, right, Jamal, three years? Uh, I think four. Four years, four years. Uh, but Greg Clark ended up passing away. And it's always sad when you lose a, 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 a 49er, especially a 49er from your childhood. Because uh, I remember Greg Clark, and I was like, who's Greg Clark? And then it kind of reminded me of those years that I used to watch uh, 49ers football in middle school and elementary school. Uh, anything you guys want to say about Greg Clark? Uh, I was going to say RIP, you know, too soon to go away, to pass away. But Very young, I mean, huh? Up pretty much right there, Tess. You gave him a nice little... Uh, goodbye speech right there, man. Um, but yeah, like you said, uh, you know, I'm always a Niner and uh, I want to show my respect and just rest in peace, my brother. You will be sorely missed. Jamal, yeah, I mean, rest in peace. I know he's only 49 years old, left behind a couple of kids, wife. That's CTE, man. It's no joke. Yeah, CTE, huh? Yep, yeah, that's well, why I went uh. It's a sport that we love is dangerous, and that's why we're coaching on the high school level, at least at Antioch, that we put our heads behind the tackles and we try to get our heads out of the way as much as we can. So, but uh, with well, that, easier said than done. Yeah, yeah, easier said than done. But uh, yeah. with that, uh, well, you know, I'm gonna say I got the 1994 NFC divisional playoff game going on right now. Uh, you go to YouTube and you just put in 49ers full games, and they got a bunch of games on there. So I just put this one on. Usually I have a game on 
during uh, our recordings. And so it's Steve Young. And Steve Young is just like, you know, I mean, it's back in the day, right? You All these illegal shots. And Steve Young just keeps getting up and getting up and getting up. And it was another guy that his uh, career was stopped too soon with the concussions. But the what, what I'm leading into is the game is a lot safer than it was back in 1994. Great jerseys, by the way, that they were in 94. But uh, oh yeah, the the game is a lot safer than it what was, and I think it'll just keep continue getting safer. And you know we don't like some of the rules, the rough in the pasture, if you will, but it's there to keep the game safe and put the longevity in these guys' careers. Um, there was a podcast this week, and this is what we're gonna get into in our show. Um, guys, here answer me this question: Would you want your head coach hosting a podcast? Oh shit! Everybody has a podcast now. We got so podcast. Got one. Look at us. <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, I mean, and Kyle, Kyle Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan is, you know, he's a cool coach. You know, he's up to date. You know, he's not like a Bill Belichick. You know, so uh, I can't get mad at him. You know, I got a podcast. I can't be hypocritical. You know? Yeah, well, well, Shanahan doesn't have the podcast, but McVeigh, Jamal, do you feel comfortable with McVeigh? Or your let's just say you're a head coach. Let's say if Shanahan had a podcast, would you feel comfortable with them being on a weekly podcast? I don't give a damn, man. Whatever you want to do on his free time, go for it. Yeah. And McVeigh's like 32, right? Hour, so I mean, McVeigh, McVeigh's. I don't know if he's 32. He's like 33, 38. So I mean, that's right up. That's us. Yeah. No, I mean, I get what you're saying. I just don't see like Bill Walsh ever having a podcast. You know what I mean? With yeah, the chance though, he do rival it. coach. Well, he taped everything. He did he tape always, everything, but it was more for like teaching and historical purposes. That's his podcast. He's gonna teach. Okay, well, McVeigh uh, hosts a show. I forgot the other guy's name, but he's on Good Morning Football. Yeah, it's like um, Peter Schruger, Schreiger, Peter Schreiger, Peter Schreiger. I think Schruger is uh from the Office, but <laughs> close enough. Dwight Schrute, Dwight Schrute. That's what I'm thinking about. Schrute. But uh, Pete, our man Pete from Good Morning uh, Football. He and uh, Sean McVay host a podcast called uh, Flying Coach, something like Coach Flying, something like that. I should have wrote it down. Flying Coach. Flying Coach, coach. right? And it's it's pretty cool And where they have a different coach every week, um, and they're bringing them on, they interview them, they get in details, they talk about football, they talk about life, which is cool (laughs) for me because, you know, uh, with coaching at Antioch High School, I kind of look up to some of these coaches and stuff like that, and so knowing what these coaches know or trying to pick their minds – and that's what podcast is all about. But McVeigh is one annoying dude. Uh, yeah. You guys know who Frank Caliendo is? Yes, sir. You know Frank Caliendo. He's like his go-to he imitates. Is, uh, huh? He imitates. Right? Yeah, he imitates. But his go-to imitation is uh, of John Gruden, right? Yeah. So to me, McVeigh sounds like somebody imitating Frank Caliendo, imitating John Gruden. So it's like he's not even trying to be John Gruden. <laughs> He's trying to be Frank Caliendo, trying to be funny. Like, like you're all at Jamal's, yeah, you're all at Jamal's barbecue party, and all of a sudden you got too many drinks, and you're like, yeah, let me do a John Gruden impression. And then that's what McVeigh sounds to me like. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got, we're going to have to tell him to shut up. <laughs> but, um, but there was a lot of nuggets, a lot, a lot of nuggets that was put in there. 20 piece. Uh, and so – Shani and McVeigh, they have a relationship built from their days for the Washington football team. Uh, was known by the Redskins back then. Can't say that anymore, but 
that's what the team's name was when they coached there. And uh, so when Shani was an OC, McVeigh was his uh, quality quality control coach. And he said that uh, Shani said that McVeigh was a heck of a quality control coach. But QC. Jamal, the first thing that I want to bring up, man, the first thing, first thing, San Francisco wasn't Shani's first choice. What do you think about that? When you think about Kyle Shanahan's first choice was not the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, we got to go back to what, 2017. We had a dead last offense, dead last defense, not much going for ourselves. So I I can't really put any hate on Kyle for not wanting to come here. I wouldn't want to come here. I mean, he had Colin Kaepernick, you know, love the guy, but he just, he wasn't the answer. stuff that he was going through too. Yeah, I don't even know who's on that roster anymore. When you think back yeah. to it, who those are receivers? Uh, Curly. <laughs> okay, enough said. Yeah, <laughs> so, <he had laughs> Curly on him for being uh, possibly almost canceling the interview, right? I thought he almost canceled it, apparently. Yeah, yeah, so he almost canceled it. Chrissy, Chris, what do you think, man? What do you think about Shanahan almost canceling that interview? Well, I'm glad that he didn't. Because uh, I'm happy with him, but I mean, that's you just have player options, like uh, Jamal was saying. Uh, we are last on offense, last in defense, and probably uh, the culture probably needed to be changed. And that's a, that's a lot, you know, in its own to try to change a, a culture or atmosphere to a or bring it back to what it was supposed to be. Because it might have just, you know, because we're used to greatness, you know, we don't really do well at the bottom. So uh, I can't, like I said, I can't fault the guy for that. You always got to weigh your options. You know, right? So I'm no, not I completely agree. I agree. I agree. So, his options he had four other interviews. Um, what he was looking for, he was, he was looking for an established quarterback, he wanted a top five quarterback. And so, I did some research. Okay, so, um, the teams that are hiring, I'll go down list by list, and you guys tell me if this was one of the top four teams you think he had, uh, in his uh, on his list. So, the first team was the Buffalo Bills, they hired Sean McDermott. Uh, who replaced Rex Ryan and Anthony, Anthony Lynn, who was the interim coach. Rex Ryan got fired halfway this season. Um, Rex Ryan. Uh, Sean McDermott did a great job turning that uh, franchise around. But do you, Chris, do you think that the Buffalo Bills in 2017 was a better choice than the 49ers? Hell no. Just off the weather. <laughs> man, I mean, shoot, man. I mean, when Buffalo's cool, though. shout out Buffalo, you know. One day I'll uh, venture out that way, but uh, nah, uh, I, I don't. I don't think it would have been, you know, especially if you had all the resources, you know, that you know that you have a, a winning owner who will, you know, spend. And John Lynch was there already. There, correct? Oh well, John Lynch wasn't here yet. Not yet. Okay. Well, then I, that would have been a big uh, uh, selling point for me too. Who am I working with? A GM, especially if I wasn't uh, his guy too. Uh, that's that's also, a tough sale. Also, a guy named Tom Brady's in the same division as you, right? Oh, right. true. Yeah, you ain't getting out of there. Uh-uh. Okay, so the the second team, Jamal, was the Denver Broncos. They hired Vance Joseph to replace Gary Kubiak. Is that an interesting position? Would you put that in front of the Niners? Um, trying to think back. Um, didn't they win a Super Bowl like the year before or something like that? I think they won a Super Bowl two thousand. 15, well, I, think, I think they, yeah. So 2015, I think they got beat by uh, Seattle. And then the next year they came back and won it. 
Okay. I mean, so that'd be the year before. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when, when Brady retired or he must not have liked um, Ross or Brock Osweiler. I think that's who it was over there. Yeah. Yeah. Brock Osweiler. But, um, I don't, I mean, they had Von Miller, right? So they must've been a more attractive option to me at least. Yeah. And a better a winnable division. So the next team is the Jacksonville da- Jaguars. They retained Doug Marone, who was an interim to replace Gus Bradley. Would the Jacksonville Jaguars been a more attractive team than the San Francisco 49ers in 2017? Yeah, no. But, you know, hey, he has options, you know. I don't know. Uh, Jacksonville's cool. I've been there. But, uh, like, the resources, you know, it's, it's a tough sell. You know, you got to you gotta hit the draft down there every year because a lot of people are, you know, fleeing to Jacksonville. Yeah. So, the next team – is a team that I thought he probably had ahead on his list, which was the Los Angeles Chargers back then, the San Diego Chargers. And I say that because he said he wanted a top five quarterback. I would argue that Philip Rivers back then, if he wasn't a top five quarterback, he's definitely a top eight quarterback. Um, so Philip Rivers hired Anthony Lynn, replaced by Mike McCoy. I think Los Angeles Chargers, Jamal, do you agree with that one? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm surprised that uh... – I mean, Philip Rivers is still, I don't know if he's still an elite quarterback back to 17, but probably the best team, I would say, that was available for hiring. Yeah. And so the last two teams on this was the Rams. Of course, they got Sean McVay, who replaced Jeff Fisher, um, Mr. 7-7 seven and seven himself, Jeff Fisher. Um, Sean McVay, obviously the Rams coach, uh, they went to a Super Bowl, um, and they are gearing up to having a good season. And the San Francisco 49ers, of course, Hired Kyle Shanahan, who replaced one Chip Kelly. Forgot that Chip Kelly was our head coach. But I'm telling you, I was going to say, God, we had him for a hot second. <laughs> a cup of coffee. Can we have coffee. Sean McVay come in for interview? Sean McVay come in for interview. I couldn't tell you that one. That I know that Sean McVay got hired early, though, by the Rams. Yeah, he was like one of the first ones to get off the market. So we're like, who's this guy? I, I honestly think that it, back then that Jed York had his mind um, – sold on on Kyle Shanahan, especially the season that they just came off with Matt Ryan winning the MVP and then making the Super Bowl run. I think uh, Jed York wasn't going to settle, but anybody but Kyle Shanahan. Now, um, I forgot about this, but Kyle Shanahan also touched on that he wanted front office loyalty. And I remember that uh, Kyle Shanahan almost played like a like a cat and mouse game with uh, Jed York. Uh, So Kyle Shanahan, he wanted to bring in John Lynch, and he had told Jed York, but he told Jed York to not let it leak. And I think he gave it a week till he decided if he wanted to be the head coach or not. And that was the way that he tested Jed York. Jamal, do you agree in saying that the front office leaks has stopped since Kyle Shanahan has been in office? Hell yeah. I mean, no one knew we were drafting Trey Lance until we drafted Trey Lance. Very true. <laughs> I mean, Very yeah. True. The days of Jim Harbaugh, Trembalke fighting it out. It was long gone, man. They was acting like some toddlers. Mm-hmm. Kids yes. right there. No, so, I mean, that, I mean, uh, you, you, you guys bring up a good point, like toddlers, right? You're talking about your defensive line coach undermining your head coach and then taking over the team. And then all of a sudden, you got, Jim Tom Sula as your head coach. And then you go from that to Chip Kelly, and then you go to Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, there's been some – I've been critical on Kyle Shanahan, but thank God we don't have Jim Tom Sula, you know what I mean? Jeremy. He's a good guy, though. He's a good guy. 
It's a, you got a flat tire or something, you know, car trouble, you call them. Just know <laughs> so, I mean, that sums it up right there. Chrissy Chris, you ever been to Cabo? No, sir. I don't know if I would make it out. <laughs> That's all I'm going to so, so they go on and talk about in an interview that Shanahan was actually in Cabo when the Stafford trade went down. And which is funny because McVay and Stafford were both also in Cabo also. So it was like all three of them were in Cabo at the same time. So Chrissy, Chris, Shanahan goes in detail and talks about that they were in every step of the way trying to trade for Stafford, right? What are your <laughs> thoughts of them trading for Stafford and Jimmy G? Uh, kind of not the same guy, but kind of. I mean, I mean, he's talented, Matthew Stafford, but he always gets dinged up, and I don't know if he's uh, like a, a punch drunk fighter or a pitcher that's uh, going a lot of innings. You know, I don't know what we're gonna get. You know, uh, but I wouldn't. Uh, uh, like I said, uh, I'm not the biggest Jimmy G fan, but uh, I wouldn't. I would have been all right with that, Matthew Stafford. I mean, they champagne and campaigning together, so you know, hey, that's that's how you know. Uh, you guys can uh, work together, Jamal. So, when the when the trade happened, one of Shanahan's friends called him. He said his friend called him. He said that you need to call Stafford right away uh, and uh, see what's going on with them. And he said that, uh, like you know, half an hour before that, there wasn't going to be no trade. Everybody's going to go sleep, and then they're going to uh, retalk on Monday about the trade, right? And so his friend calls him. Shanahan says, you know what? I'm not going to call. Ten minutes later, the trade happens. What do you think about Shanahan dropping the ball in that situation? You say dropping the ball, man. I think it's a, a blessing in disguise. They, I mean, they were uh, two first-round picks for Stafford. I don't know what they were asking for. Sweet. Uh, That's a lot. Yeah, yeah, almost 33. Down, yeah. He might have five years left in the league, maybe two, three years, you know, at a high level. But uh, I think they were just desperately trying to replace Jimmy Garoppolo. They were looking for anybody that could step in. Uh, yeah, that's that 2 a.m. phone call. He was thirsty. Yeah, don't take that phone call. Don't yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, some of the best, best things we do is not the ones we uh, – deals we don't make. Yeah, mm-hmm. you guys are completely right in saying it was a blessing in disguise. Completely right. Chris, you're completely right. Some of the best things that we do is the things that we don't. Um, that's so, true that. So they ended up trading up for Trey Lance. Well, they traded up to the number six pick, right? Three. Three, three, number three, three, pick. three, oh, number three pick. Oh, shoot. Um, so uh, they go on and talk about Trey Lance. And so the whole time Trey Lance was a pick, which is very evident um, with the whole Mac Jones thing. But Shanahan goes ahead and says that his list of quarterbacks that he had was Trey Lance, number one, Mac Jones, number two, Justin Fields, number three. Chrissy Chris, would you agree that with that list? Lance, Jones, Fields. Uh, I'd probably would have... Pump, I would switch uh, Fields and uh, Jones. Am I, yeah. Mac Jones is cool, you know, but it's kind of hard to shake that Alabama stereotype. And when you're playing with all first-rounders from offensive line to running back to receiver, defense, I mean, I, I lost a couple passes. But uh, I'm glad uh, he drafted the right guy. So I would just have uh, Fields ahead of Mac Jones. Nothing against him. He's still a good player. But I, I like – I think the Niners need to get a little dual, dual threat. Get a little new flavor uh, under center. So, Jamal, he goes on to say that if Trey Lance wasn't there, that he would have drafted Mac Jones. How mad would you be right now if we had Mac Jones? There'd be no show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's a tough one, man. Honestly, um, 
I was really not a fan of Mac Jones coming out. Well, I mean, that's what he says, what he said. I'd be real interested to see if we didn't make that trade and we were at number 12, what the hell would have happened? Fields were still there, though. I mean, Mac Jones and Fields are still there. So what if he grabbed to Mac Jones at number 12? Would he have moved up, moved down? I mean, yeah. But I, yeah, I, well, I feel like he's just saying that, too, now, is, you know, because it's, it's never going to happen. But I don't, if you would have had a, a mad fan base, if uh, Trey Lance wasn't there and then your, your next best option was Mac Jones. There's no way he yeah. thinks that low of Justin Fields. Come on now. I don't know. I, I think he'd be a good player, man. He's going to be a good player. He'll be starting yeah. week one. That's what I'm saying. I think uh, – and he's got a lot of experience, you know. I mean, that's – that kind of – I mean, you don't really have to, but at the same time, uh, it, it, it doesn't hurt, you know, to have experience. So, I was down with a Justin Fields. I already got me a Justin Fields jersey. That's what, that's a jersey you guys can buy me, but not now. Too late. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're playing the Bears, right, in, um, this season. So, yeah. I hope I see Trey Lance's Justin Fields matchup. That'd be, oh, that'd be a good one. That'd be sweet. That would, that would be sweet. Um, so Kyle Shanahan goes on and talks about respect from the media. And this kind of caught my attention, right? So like nowadays, you got a lot of media people looking for the scoop, um, which means that they're trying to get drag up some dirt or they're trying to get the rumor mill going or whatever, right? Uh, Kyle Shanahan says he respects the, the media members like uh, our man Pete from Good Morning Football the ones that are doing their own research and coming to their own educated guests, which kind of caught my ear because they, so they were talking about Mac Jones, right? And Kyle Shanahan says he totally gets why everybody thought uh, he wanted Mac Jones because it reminds him of Kirk Cousins. And he liked the things that happened with Kirk Cousins. Uh, he has good memories with Kirk Cousins and uh, Mac Jones has a Kirk Cousins factor to him. And so everybody was saying that it was going to be Mac Jones because it was the closest thing to Kirk Cousins. And he said that was a good, educated guess. Um, so I think even like in the podcast world or in the media world, we get too caught up in the hot take instead of the educated guess. And so that just caught my ear. Um, and that's something that I wanted to bring on. Uh, also, my guy, uh, Peter, right? Pete, Peter from yeah. Good Morning America. He Pete. said that, or Good Morning Football said that, um, Atlanta was ready to trade the Niners, um, uh, trade up with the Niners to four for Pitts all the way up to the draft. Chris, Chris, what would the offense look like with Pitts and Kittles together? Whew. I don't know, man. That'd be dangerous. That'd be scary because I would uh, flex out uh, Pitts, you know, kind of getting matched up by one of these little DBs or something. That'd be a scary offense by two tight end sets. Uh, Jamal, what do you think we'd have to give up for Pitts? To go from 12 to 4 to trade with the Falcons? Is that what the yeah. – No, no. Well, they said even after they had traded – or, yeah, so even after they had made a trade, Falcons thought the Niners were going to trade him with uh, – trade for the number four still. Oh, back to the, the trade yeah, now? Yeah, back to the four from three to four. I mean, we'll, oh, we'll, I don't got to give them anything. The Niners in the drivers. We would want at least a second-round pick or something. Move yeah. Back to spot. yeah, so – I mean, I, I, no, I mean, Kyle Pitts would have been great in the 49ers, you know, for him, but you could just tell from end of the season, uh, Kyle Shannon was not happy with Jimmy Garoppolo. He needed to, uh, was going to stop to find a better quarterback. So it would have been nice having Kyle Pitts, but there was a glaring need at QB. <laughs> yeah, no, you guys are right. You guys are right. So, uh, McVay, he, he kind of hinted that he wouldn't have drafted Trey Lance. Is that a red flag for you guys? 
Nah, I mean, tweets their own. You know, shoot. You like Mr. Pib? I like Modelo. You know, hey, <laughs> you know, it's, that's kind of what it, that's kind of what it is. I mean, shoot, I, I'm not a Mr. You know, big Mr. Pib fan, but hey, more more power to you. Did so. Sean McVay actually sit down and watch film with Trey Lance? Uh, he said that he did, um, but that was another thing that he he pointed out to good uh, good pull Jamal that he said that he knew that um, Lance wasn't going to be there for the Rams pick, so he didn't pay too much attention to him. Um, he was looking at other players. He did say, but he said that he wouldn't have drafted Trey Lance, so it's kind of got me kind of curious of which quarterback he would have drafted. But uh, I'll say style. to that, uh, he he knew he wasn't gonna be able to get another those top quarterbacks. Did he draft so, Jared Goff? Uh, no, I think he inherited him. Inherited him I think. Inherited uh, him. Okay. Sure. I think yeah, I think you're right about that one. Yep, yep, yep. So, so but, no, go ahead. Oh, my bad, Chris. Uh, so then they go on to talk about Julio Jones, and Shanahan said he would have outbid all the NFC West teams to make sure Julio wasn't playing in the division. So I guess that when uh, Shanahan found out that he was going to an AFC team, he kind of pulled out. Uh, Jamal kind of made a face. What are you thinking, Jamal? I, I don't know. That kind of rubs me the wrong way now. Like, yeah, we would have grabbed him if he was coming here, but he wasn't coming here. Fuck him. We don't need him anymore. It's like <laughs> he would just he would elevate your offense. Hell yeah. Another team. Why not make the goddamn move? Wow. Watch he, watch he torches us in the Super Bowl. Watch. In the Super playing, Bowl. Hey, man, too. I'll tell you guys right now, I can't stand another Super Bowl loss. I'm telling you. 94, I remember, but I, mean, I, I don't remember. So, yeah, I can't do any more uh, Super L's either. I don't understand that. I think that thought process. Like, oh, if he was coming, if he was going to be in this division, I for sure would outbid for him. No, but well, he said that. Make the move. He said that the the cost of what (laughs) he said the cost of what it was going to cost was it was going to mortgage the future. Fuck the future. We already did now. I said we already did. I feel like we did that already. We gave up hella first round picks. Our whole draft for one guy. I mean, well, why not get him a 2027 20, first round pick? You know, just throw it out there. Like, hey, I'm just saying, Jimmy G is coming off the books next season. Just take that money, give it to Julio. Win win. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, that's so that's what the man said. He was ready to outbid any of the NFC West teams. So, yeah, that's just all the team. teams. He said that all the teams. All yeah. the teams. And so, and so they go around, they go back to like, you know, things that they regret in their play calling. Right. And so, and Shanahan brings it up himself, Chris, about the Super Bowl. And he says that Tom Brady got in his head where the next time they got the ball, the, the drive where they had stalled out, instead of getting the field goal, I think uh, uh, Matt Ryan had took a sack. He said that they're going to go for the touchdown. And he said that he didn't want to give Tom Brady the ball back. What are your thoughts about Tom Brady getting in Shanahan's head during the Super Bowl? I mean, shoot, wasting that a million times. You can't give Tom Brady the ball back. So it's like, shoot, you got to step on the, the the head of the snake. Like, shoot, because you give Tom Brady anything, anytime. And that's a lesson learned right there. They were, they, was it 24 to 3? 28 to 3 or something like that? 20, came, 20, 20 to 3, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, shoot, you got to keep going, get that pedal to the metal, all the way to the, you know, all the zeros on the clock. So, but Tom Brady will do that to you, though. I mean, you're going against – that's like, you know, you're going against the GOAT, you know, and he's he, – that's what he does. So that's kind of more of his mystique, uh, 
it's aura too, you know, when you're playing against, you know, Tom Brady, you know, everyone wants to do their best. And some people fold under that pressure. So, Jamal, my question to you is, do you think that when we played the Kansas City Chief and we had the ball to go into halftime, we kind of kill some clock out there. We try to do that one deep pass to Kittles with like 30 seconds, seconds left. Kittles got called for the offensive pass interference. Do you think the flashback of Tom Brady and uh, and what Mahomes was the potential that Mahomes has to score, do you think that got into the play call in Shanahan's head too? No, that I mean, that was a great play call. I loved it. That was a bullshit call on the referees. Um, I don't know what they were looking at. Mm. But, um, I mean, you're across the field of Patrick Mahomes. You know you got to put up points. So, uh, I mean, I didn't hate it. I mean, took a shot. Didn't work out. No. What are you going to do? Yeah. So, so they go on to talk about that that game. And so, over and over again, Shanahan keeps bringing up the – the, the incident where uh, Jake Matthews was called for a holding call. Um, so he's talking about it, but play by play, of course, he's going to remember it. There's, there's games of uh, me coaching at Antioch. I still remember play by play is exactly what happens. Right. But he's, he's, he's naming all the plays, everything that happens. And Jake Matthews has a holding call that puts him in third and long. And he keeps hinting to that over and over again, that that was the one thing that he changed. I think it's kind of weak sauce that he's blaming the whole Super Bowl loss on a holding call. Yeah, yeah, especially when you were up 28 to 3. Yeah, I mean, different. It was a tight ball game. Like, all right, I'll give you that. But, nah, right. what's up, man? 28 to 3. What's up? So they go on and, and so they go on to keep talking about their play calls and how they how they did different play calls. And they're talking about the NFC Championship against uh, the Green Bay Packers or Jimmy G's throwing the ball eight times against the Packers. And they keep running the ball. Um, Jamal. Do you think that that's when Shanahan kind of realized that he needs to handcuff Jimmy G a little bit? I mean, before that game, I thought he had a pretty decent season. He might have had some glaring holes or maybe he wanted to upgrade him. But, I mean, that particular game, just Mostert had the hot hand and the Pirates couldn't stop it. So why change anything up? But uh, that might have been the uh, one of the, you know, the pegs that led to the, the you know, the final demise of Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get what you're saying. Um, and so that's what he goes on saying. The game plan was to run the ball. Uh, so, but, you know, of, of course, they wasn't going to say that we're, we're going to throw the ball eight times a game. But the game plan was to run the ball. They couldn't stop the run. So they're going to keep running the ball down their throats. Uh, they kind of end the uh, podcast and talking about why they coach. Right. And why they got into coaching and why should people get into coaching? And so. Shanahan said that if the only reason why you want to coach is to be a coach in the NFL, um, this isn't the business for you. And so it's like, I see it all the time. And uh, there might be some people out there that, you know, there, there's a lot of people nowadays that are fo football inclined because there's so much tools on the internet, right? If you really want, you can sit down, you can look at different type of coverages, you can understand coverages, you can understand what people are trying to do. The hard part is, is to be I see it all the time, right? Is when it's 108 degrees like this week and you're got to be at practice right after work, Monday to Sunday, right? And we had a car wash on Saturday to raise money and stuff like that. But people get into coaching for what? Just to say that they're a football coach or just to have like a dream of being in a college football team or NFL football team and don't understand that the reason why I really coach is to see if you're able to teach and connect people, right? We all miss our glory days of being on a team. And so I guess that's why I coach is that it could be a part of a team and 
course, I love the kids. And so that's my way to give back to the community, right? So that's why I coach on a high school level. And I love football. I love talking about football. I love the 49ers. That's why I do it. So it's really cool. Like I said, the, the podcast is really good. I just can't get over how lame McVay sounds. <laughs> but that was the podcast. Um, Shanahan put on some points. Uh, Jamal, is there anything that you want to bring up that I forgot? No, it was a fun listen. I encourage anyone who hasn't uh, heard it, just take you know, an hour, sit down, listen to it. It's uh, educational. It's fun to listen to. And uh, it's kind of cool to hear these guys talk about just, you know, kind of like normal bullshit too, not just football. Right. Yeah. That's what they go talk about, about life. Flying Coach Podcast. Chrissy Chris, anything that we forgot about? Nah, man. I was just blown away by, uh, by your, uh, your dialogue. You know, Shut up. no, I'm just, Shut I ain't got nothing to say, man. Nah, <laughs> hey, like you said, uh, like what Jamal was saying too, it's nice to, you know, hear, hear the coaches uh, be themselves, you know, joke around a little bit, uh, see who they are as a person and everything like that. And basically, everything you said too about reason why you coach, you know, is just to connect with the people, you know, see if you can, you know, that bond that you, that you don't get after you stop playing, you know. That's the, one of the main reasons, like you said, that you coach or want to get into coaching. It should be is to, to connect with the, the kids, you know, make sure you can teach them something, you know, and make them better per- people. You know, that that's the real reason. But like I said, there are some out there just trying to just do it for the okay, jersey uh, work. You know, you're just doing it to try to get the jersey. You know, you should do it for the right reasons, not to, not just to say, yeah, I, I coach, but. Are you, are you any good? <laughs> yeah. So no, you're absolutely right. So yeah. today's theme is coaching. And I, I forgot to tell these guys in our pre-show meeting, but I was going to ask you guys, like, you know, uh, we do a, like a blast of the past. We talk about a play. We talk about a season and talk about a team. Who is your favorite 49ers coach of all time? It doesn't have to be a head coach. It can be a position coach. I know I'm kind of putting you guys in a spot to not think about it. I mean, you guys haven't really had time to think about it, but Chrissy, Chris, do you have to go first? <laughs> Jamal, you want to go first? No, no, I ain't tripping. Uh, Chris on the spot. He's already talking. Go for it. <laughs> my <laughs> bad. My bad. I left you guys hanging. I, I, so I, I, I forgot to uh, – I had it on my notes, and I forgot to tell you guys. But do you have a coach that you like, man? You know what, Chris and Chris? I'll, I'll, it doesn't even have to be a uh, 49ers coach. What about a coach from your past that uh, you like or you want to give a shout-out to? Or if there's a player – that became a coach or just a coach somebody in your life or in the 49ers fandom that you love or college football. Oh, wow. Now that list just grew even more. <laughs> I had some good coaches growing up. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of, uh, other, uh, my friends are like their, their dads or something like that. But, you know, I had a relationship with them because growing up with them and stuff like that. Um, but I'll, I'll I don't want to leave anybody out, so I'm going to just stick with the uh, 49er uh, coaches. Smart man. But believe it or not, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I, I was a hardball fan, man. I I, I really think uh, he was one of my favorite coaches that we had a little fly-by-night that he did, you know, kind of went left, you know, towards the end. But in, the, in, the, in their peak, I feel like the, everybody was buying in what he was selling for that short period of time. No, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, Harbaugh, it's hard to hate him, right? Especially because we wasn't winning at all before he came in. He's a we players got... coach, too, you know? That's that's my yeah. biggest thing. I'm more of a 
I like the coaches that are more like player coaches. You know, you, you can still do the X's and O's, but, you know, but you also got to have that relationship with the player, you know, they're going to do the extra mile. Like you said, I mean, 108 degrees out, you know, are you going to come out there? Or are you going to give me some lazy excuse or I can or uh, blah, blah, blah. So that's why uh, I'm, I'm more of a, I like the player coach. But you still yeah. got to know what you're talking about, though. Coach part still got to be uh, good, too. Three three NFC Championship games in a row. Super Bowl appearance. Um, he breathed life back into um, Alex Smith. You know what I mean? Alex Smith's career was going nowhere, and he brought the man back, put breathed confidence into him, and Alex Smith went on to have a, a nice, fulfilling career after that. Um, and then just recognizing talent on the defense. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Harbaugh, Harbaugh is a great pick. Jamal, you got some time to think about it? Well, who you got for me, man? That's the yeah. best I can do for you, back, man. That's the best you I can do. put on a T for me, though. He put on a T for me. Um, I mean, I wish I could go back and say, yeah, I had a, you know, personally, I had like a great coach, but, um, you know, playing baseball at Mount Diablo, we probably had the worst coaches in California. So, um, hey, man, they listened to the show. And the football. Y'all weren't good in football either, man. Y'all, that was, <laughs> I mean, yeah, money, y'all. you can do. But, um, yeah, hey, I mean, man, they listened to the show, man. Well, oh, hey, my bad. My bad. Shout out to uh, Red Devils. That was <laughs> It is what it is. But, uh, no, nah, man, um, back on the 49ers, I'd say Jim Harbaugh, dude. I mean, kind of saved us from those real shitty, painless, painful years we're going through. No light at the end of the tunnel. But, uh, yeah, like you were saying earlier, pulled Alex Smith out, gave us a, um, a reason to watch football again. But, um, yeah, it was uh, he was a good coach, I thought. I mean, yeah. yeah I don't know what's going on in Michigan. I don't know. Uh, she's just, you know, you got to be able to recruit, man. Yeah, I would say that's my toughest part about college. Uh, he tried college. his damage to get nausea, didn't he? He he uh, he yeah, tried, he boy. Yeah, he yeah. tried. It was close. It was close. Here, I'll yeah. give you guys a story, and I don't think Najee will mind if I tell you the story. But up till the day that he, so we're all in San Antonio. Reason why we're in San Antonio is we went to go watch Najee uh, play in the uh, All Star game. It was the All American game, right? Um, took my boy Jamal there with me. Yeah. Uh, uh, Chrissy Chris, you, why didn't you go, Chris Chris? I think I was already gone. Uh, and so we all went down there, and then um, and so he had till after the game to really decide. That was like the almost like the deadline, right? Um, it's not really a deadline, but he was gonna graduate early from uh, Antioch High School, which he did. Shout out to him for graduating early and uh, starting college early. And so there was a deadline for him to apply and tell what college he was going to, right? He pretty much had his pick of whatever college he was going to because he did great in the SAT. He had all his credits to uh, graduate early. And so it came down to three schools. It was University of California. uh, Go Bears. And then it was uh, Michigan and it was Bama. And so um, I'll tell you guys a recruiting story. And uh, I don't think we'll get in trouble for this or anything like that. I think we're getting paid now, so. Yeah, and so and so Cal, they had sent him a, a limo. And so the whole thing was Cal sent him a limo to go pick him up from home, and they're going to take him back to um, Cal, you know, and, and show him around the school, give him the red carpet treatment. You come in a limo, put your name on the billboard and all that. They're, that was their last hurrah of trying to recruit him, right? And then so the drivers, he, he asked the drivers, like, you know, if you take me somewhere else, are you going to get paid anyway, right? And the driver pretty much said, yeah. And so one thing happened another, he ends up picking some of his friends. He called some of his coaches out. 
He was like, I got a limo. Let's go get some ice cream. And uh, I ended up saying no because I didn't want him to get in trouble. Uh, other coaches said no. His friends, of course, got in the limo and they all went to get uh, ice cream. Yeah. And so uh, I just remember that they would go nameless. Uh, some of them are real famous coaches. Coaches that were on the Cal staff, they were calling off the hook. Uh, head coach yeah and when one of the guys got my number they're calling me they're like hey can you get a hold of Najee we're waiting for him at the school he's supposed to be coming here um and so one thing led to another and they just drove around got some ice cream and went back home never went to Cal um but Cal was the, one of the serious choices for him um and he does appreciate the limo he had a good time especially you know I've, 17, I've, 17 year old kid with a limo you know what i mean i'm like i'm surprised they took that lick uh, uh off a of sycamore that limo okay <laughs> i'm like all right that's that, hey, that's player right there they, it was bold yeah and so and so bold. and so it was like the night before that he was supposed to announce where he's supposed to go right all american game happened all these kids are uh announcing where they're going everybody's going bama man so it's like you know judy rugs all these wide receivers, stud wide receivers. Uh, what's that linebacker's name? Um, Dylan Moses. He, yeah. He he declared for Bama that day, and of course Tua uh, uh, declared for Bama that day. And uh, we're supposed to uh, meet up for dinner. Najee's stressed out. He doesn't know where he's going to go. It's either Michigan or uh, Cal or Bama. You know, he's, he's kind of leaning towards Michigan and Bama more than Cal. And Tua at the last second um, somehow convinces Najee to come to Bama with him. And so literally it was like the morning after we get a call from Najee saying that he's already at the airport. He's on his way headed to Bama before he told anybody while we're in San Antonio. And so uh, the fact of it is that he showed up to Bama and Bama wasn't even ready for him to come. So that's how Najee ended up to Bama. And I don't understand why, I forgot how we got into this conversation, so. It's a, late, it's a late night talk show. That's how we got there. You know what I'm saying? We were, hey, we, uh, we up late. So, but, you know, all that was fun, you know, to be in San Antonio and to see, I mean, it wasn't fun to see Najee stressed out because, you know, he wanted to make the best decision for his career, which I think he did. You know, oh, right? yeah. Oh, we're talking about uh, our boy Harbaugh and his recruiting. So he, he tried his hardest. He tried his hardest to get, uh, to get Najee. And, and, and uh, Jamal was with me. We went to the practices. We're, we're involved in the practices for the All-American game and stuff. That boy McCaffrey, not Christian McCaffrey, but McCaffrey's younger brother, the one that went to uh, Michigan and oh, didn't really play Max. for him. Max. Jamal, be honest with you. How bad was that kid, dude? Bad isn't good or good isn't bad? He was he was pretty rough at those practices. Like, yeah. it was like – It was a practice. They don't have time to throw with each other. They know each other. So, just, you know, doing his thing. It looked like some airmail balls, bro. But I then remember Najee made that sweet hand grab. Yeah, I remember that. But uh, yeah, he was he was a little off that day. <laughs> hey, some people can't practice well. Some are just gamers. Yeah, well, he he didn't get in the game either though. So. <laughs> oh damn! Yeah. That's right. Where are you at now? Did the late night talk show, man? I'm drunk. Too much, Mister Pib, bro. Too much. Nah, drinking this water over here. Um, Chocolate wasted. One o'clock East Coast time. Yeah, the bars are almost closed. Nah, it just um, didn't start. Yeah, yeah, man. So Jim Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh for both of you guys. I would say I'm going to do a, a little under-the-radar pick. I'm going to go Tom Rathman. That's a good pick, though. Yeah. You I know like why? Because what, what what was he with? Four regimes? He was here since Mike Nolan, right? Yeah. Right? So uh, Mike Nolan, Singletary, 
it was Harbaugh after that, and then he was even here with Chip Kelly. And so um still he's still coaching. And Tom Sula. He's he's still coaching. I, I think he's up the Colts, right? Something like that. That's either Colts or he's on the Lions. One of the yeah, two. Something like that. So one blue team. Uh, but I just think that the longevity of him coaching, um, to be coaching under different coaches, different style of coaches. And I just think that, uh, you know, Frank Gore, of course, was a productive back. And maybe Frank Gore would have been great with any team. So he got the best out of Frank Gore. He got the best out of different running backs. I think Carlos Hyde's best years was been with us. So there's like been running backs that go on to have no career other than with us. And I think Ratman was a big part of it. What's his name? Uh, Drones. You guys remember Drone number 24? Yeah, Ruben Drone. Ruben Drone. Ruben Drone. So it's like this. It's like it's like those type of guys that he's getting productive production all out of. All 24s are raw. All 24s are raw, but he's getting all production out of these guys that don't even, you know, they go on to have careers nowhere after. So That's a good pick, though. That is a good pick, Tess. Because I'd like to – I was sad to see him go. Because, like you said, he's been there forever. Yeah. So, that should tell you how how good of a coach he is. That the new people want to bring – new staff wants to bring in all their guys and you still make it through. That's That says a lot about you right there. Yeah. I think – I think, Jamal, we're talking about that, right? We're bummed that Ratman was – that uh, Kyle Shanahan didn't bring back Ratman, but – Yeah, that was was kind of – that kind of sucked, but, uh, you know – all good things gotta come to an end. Yeah. Well, that was the thing though, uh, that I liked about Shanahan in the beginning. He said that he had promised his boy, uh, the running back coach now. I forgot his name. Should know his name. I, I call myself a fan. I don't remember the running back's name, but he said that he promised the dude that when he got a head coaching job that he would make him his running back coach and he kept his promise. So that kind of stuck with me. You know what I mean? So I like guys that are loyal to their promises. To the soil. Yeah, yes, loyal sir. to the people around them. So can't hate that's, a, that's a rare thing nowadays. Yeah, not very Loyalty. true. So uh, that wraps up our show, or I guess our coaching podcast and kind of uh, touch on some things from the McVeigh and Shani podcast. I think we are something like four weeks away from preseason week one, right? Yeah, boy. Can't wait. Yeah. So hang in there with us. When the preseason starts, the, we're going to have a lot more meat in these shows, but I thank you for everybody's rocking with us, and I thank you for everybody that's been reaching out and supporting our podcast. Joe Staley, take us out. How's it go? Jimmy time Sula, Jimmy time Sula. <laughs> Open up my shirt like Jimmy time Sula. Got the gold chain on like Jimmy time Sula. <laughs>